It's a lectern for short people. <laughs> it's a joy to be with you. Uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness and support of Genesis. Um, we also thank you for your secret weapon in the na name of Denise, who's been part of Genesis for many years. It's just come in to a close, but will continue supporting us. Uh, Denise is, sums up the heart of what Genesis is. So we're just going to pray a minute and ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to our hearts this morning. It's not about what I say to you, is it? It's about what is it that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. So let's just be quiet a minute and pray. So Father, thank you for this uh, opportunity today to hear your word afresh. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts, we pray. Bring revelation this morning so we may know your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so can we have the first slide? This is just a snapshot of a picture that was taken around time of Jesus. Jesus and his disciples. Now you've got to decide which one are you. We, uh, we get a lot of uh, comments from our youngest granddaughter at the minute saying, are we there yet whenever we set off anywhere? Uh, and I think disciples of Jesus sometimes get to that point. Are we there yet? And the answer is no. There's much more to come. So thank you. You can put the next slide up. That's it. I want us to think about, I was thinking about the song. Who knows the song, Three Steps to Heaven? Yeah? Come on. Who was it by? Oh, he's a good man. Sorry? Shawadi Wadi. There you go. That was in the 70s. It was originally in the 60s by Eddie Cochran. Uh, and it talks about three steps to heaven. And we're talking about steps of faith today. And uh, we're going to be thinking about the steps that we need to take. Micah opened up to us, didn't he? He said that in Micah 6, verse 8, says, what is it that God really requires of us? And identified three things. To do justly, to act justly, be justice in the world. To love mercy to have compassion, and to walk humbly with your God. Justice, compassion, humility. That's the call on us. So we need to think about when we sing these wonderful worship songs of the goodness of God, how am I working that out? How am I walking in the goodness of God and releasing the goodness of God to other people? This morning, I'm going to share more of a context of where Genesis is centered, if you like. And then Hilary, my colleague, is going to come up and she's going to say more specifics about Genesis. So we're going to work as a tag team. All right. So we're going to be thinking about the steps uh, of faith. When we think about that widow and her son in the King's reading, the One King's reading, it reminded me of some of our Genesis guests. 
that people are, are in poverty. In the widow's day, it was a famine. Today, people are struggling, aren't they, with uh, different forms of poverty. But we see people in need, uh, people who are down to their last meal in this city. That's the challenge for us, isn't it? It's not just something that happens elsewhere. And so we're going to be uh, thinking about that. I go sometimes into food banks and I sit with some of the uh, people who come in. And I, earlier this year, I sat with a woman. I hadn't said anything to her and she burst into tears. My usual effect. <laughs> and we sat and talked and I prayed with her and I left her. And I went and sat with another woman and she burst into tears. And again, we talked and prayed. And the interesting thing was that both of these women felt shame for having to be in a food bank. But they were also thankful that there was someone there to help them in their moment of need. People don't want to be in poverty. People, people don't want to be struggling and have to have someone else give them a bag of food. They want to care for their families. They want to look after their children. So I think this is a, a, a real challenge when you think, are we there yet? No, we're not. There's work to be done in our city. Yeah? And our readings, I think, help us look at uh, steps of faith towards meeting that need. So the first step we're going to look at is to listen. It's really important that we listen to what God is saying, what the Father's heart is, and how we respond. When we uh, had the readings, Sue read out that Elijah did according to the word of God. He heard what God said to him, and then he did it. It's so important we listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us what to do. Because he does things out of the norm. There's some strange things happen sometimes. Elijah was fed by ravens. I don't know if you've ever had a raven take away, but he lived like that because God called him to. Go to that place, you'll be provided for. And he was provided for. Then he's told to go somewhere else and to meet a, a widow. And every time... Elisha listened to the go-to places that God had called him. And my question for us individually and as a corporate family today is, what are the go-to places God is calling you? We've seen some on the videos, wonderful. We've got to be hearing where God is calling us to go to, not just doing what we think is right. It's really important that we listen to him in these days. In the uh, New Testament reading, in John 2, Mary made a great statement of faith. She says, whatever he says, do it. You know, we think about that with our wives, don't we, when they say that. <laughs> whatever he says, whatever Jesus says, you've got to be listening to what he's saying before you go to the doing bit. This is really important that in this time that we listen to what Jesus is saying, to, uh, telling us what to do. 
His word brings us into alignment with heaven's plan. Uh, and I think that's the challenge for us in Genesis at the moment. We've been on a journey, particularly since COVID, of saying, what are you telling us to do? What have we got to lay down? So we've moved, we've changed. Hillary will share some of that. But the point is you've got to be listening because that's what's got life on it. If you're just doing what you've already, or always done, it doesn't always have life on it. Hear well and then respond. The crazy thing is we've had two readings of wonderful miracles. One was to do with flour and oil and one was to do with wine. You've got to hear what the anointing's on for you to do at that time. You can't do a wine anointing in a flour and oil type. You can't understand what I'm saying. It's a real challenge there. Hear what God is saying and respond to that. Listen well. The second step of faith is trust. And we're called to trust in faith in our heart to do what he actually says. And I love the fact that Elijah just got up and went to a strange town because God has said, you go and meet a widow there. He didn't even know her name. He just went there. And um, I was reminded this morning when, uh, I don't know if some of you might know Paul Skelton, but we did some healing uh, hot trips to Russia. And we'd gone out to Russia, trained a team up, Rostov on Don. And we were sat praying uh, where should we go and do this ministry? Where should we go out today? And the Lord said, go into the park by, uh, and stand, go by a statue of Lenin. So I had to explain to Paul that that wasn't one of the Beatles for a start. <laughs> but we actually went out as a team, as a joke, he didn't really. We went out as a team and we stood, we went to this statue of Lenin. And when we got there, there was a woman standing there. And they spoke, the Russian people, they spoke to her. And she said, I was in my prayer time this morning and God called me to, told me to come and stand here today and I would be healed. We didn't even know we were going there when God had already told her to be there. But the, the thing about it was, it's about her face. She listened and went and waited. Uh, and I just love that attitude of getting things in the right order with God listen first, and then go and do what, what he, he says to do. You've got this crazy situation in 1 Kings. The woman says to Elijah, I've got one meal left. And Elijah's listening to God, and he says, give me that meal. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Give me your last meal. And then go and make some more, because the, the vessels with the flour and the oil will keep on refilling as you go out in faith. This woman got up and cooked and prepared him the, her last meal. What an act of faith. What a, a step. And you know, we see that within our guests that we have men and women who have very little left and they will share it with other people. They will go and give to others. Their hearts are to respond and to give out of their lack, if you like. Genesis didn't just decide to happen one day. There was a, a Christian woman in the city. What's her first name? Gail. 
It was a windy day. She got risk. No, Gaia was outside in the city and she saw young people in this city eating out of bins 30 odd years ago. And it's interesting because she didn't just think, who can I tell that to? God moved her heart with such compassion and faith that she got alongside the people in the church and with wonderful people like Peter Haywood. Genesis was formed. The church gathered together to say, there's a need in our city. We've got to meet it. And so it's been on that journey for 30 years of reaching out to the vulnerable and needy in the city. When the disciples were uh, with Jesus, they'd um, just seen him feed 5,000 people from a pack lunch, as you do. And they said to him, what are the works of God? What is it we should be doing? And we're always very good at what, what's the doing bit. But Jesus responds, John 6, 28, 29. He says, the work of God is that you believe in the one he sent. You have to believe and have faith in Jesus and trust him. Can you put the next slide up, please? In our prayers, when uh, we had the prayers this morning, we talked about the cross. You know, this is the starting place for all of us. God didn't just talk about loving us. He demonstrated that love on the cross. His word tells us that, Romans 5 verse 8. God so loved us, he sent Jesus, not for it to end on the cross, but it, for, for it to be the beginning of all that we do. So Jesus is waiting for us to receive life in all its fullness when we believe in him and we trust him. And we have a simple prayer, say, come into my heart, Jesus. And he'll say, I forgive you if we turn our hearts to him. He forgives us and he gives us a life and he calls us to walk with him. It's, it's easy. And I want us today just to be open again to say, Jesus, come into my heart. If we've loved him for years, we can never get tired of this prayer. Say, so, I might be tired, I might be dry, I might not know you yet, Lord, but from today, come into my heart fresh that I can walk with you. And that's what each one, one of us can do in our response to him to trust and obey that wonderful song. When Jesus had turned the water into wine, it says his disciples were amazed and they believed and they set off on a journey of faith with him. Malcolm was salivating over the wine. We saw that earlier. I worked it out because of the amount of gallons if they had the full capacity and filled up each of those six containers, there's approximately a thousand bottles of wine. So that gives you the example of what Jesus did, which is not bad because they didn't, they didn't just have a wedding like we do. You know, this is going to go in an afternoon, guys. They did it over six days or a week. So Jesus made long-term provision for them, not just the short fix. 
you want to celebrate, have a wedding, have a week's worth. Which is wonderful, isn't it? As Paul Scallon said, he probably practiced at home with the home brew, but didn't tell his mother she might have known that. All I want to say is about Genesis is that Jesus is at the heart of what we do. This is, this is a Christian face to this city. And we're, not, we're unashamedly a faith agency trying to listen to what God is telling us and to, and to journey with the church in that. So if we can just look at the, uh, the, the next Thursday. Yeah, we're called to follow him. Listen, trust, and then follow. Um, there was a thing, uh, put the next slide up, please. We, we all know what would Jesus do, didn't we? We did that for many years, bracelets and tattoos and every gas stickers. But we need to shift onto the next phase, which is the next one. It's not would, what would Jesus do, do what Jesus did. That's where we're in that place now. What did Jesus do? He loved his father. He spent time with his father as you've worshipped today. He just said, come, I want to hear you. I want to hear and see and know the things that you do. I want, to, I want to, to follow that. He acted with love and compassion. He had authority, had the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these things have been given to us as his sons and daughters. And he calls us to go and do the same. He doesn't want you to start with what you haven't got. He wants you to start with a little bit you have. So think about that packed lunch. That's a great start, wasn't it? So Jesus said, well, what have you got? Let's use that. You know, sometimes people haven't got money. Even the disciples after um, Pentecost, Peter and John says, well, I haven't got money. But what I do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He had authority and they had power in the Holy Spirit to see healing happen. It's there for us to follow and to walk in. We are the face of the church in our community here in the city, working together. I often... Um, read about uh, early church stuff. What was interesting was about 100 AD, a lot of secular writers were writing about the church. And that's how we learned a little bit about what the church was up to. And they were saying, these guys even feed their enemies. They're feeding the people who persecute them. And ultimately, this led to the whole transformation of it becoming a Christian uh, religion throughout all of the empire. What are we known for? That's the question I'm just going to ask. What are we known for as a, as a church in this city? What are people saying when they talk about the church? Just, I'm going to finish in a minute. Somebody pulled the cord. It's coming to an end. Interesting, in the city a few weeks ago, somebody had some money in another area of the city. And they said, we're not going to give the money to the church because they got loads of money. What we're going to do is we're going to give it to Mercy in Action. We're going to give it to Food Bank. And they listed all these things. And all the things they listed were what the church was doing. 
because people are seeing the practical face of Christianity being worked out, not realizing that it's God at work and it's God's compassion through his people. You guys are wonderful in your support and we do thank you so much. What I say right at the beginning is what's the Holy Spirit saying to your heart today? And how do you want to respond to that? So I'm going to ask Hillary to come and share a little bit. Thank you. Does everyone need to stand up and sit down again? Is it? No, just stand up and sit down, shift around, because <laughs> I do know I'm going to be speaking for another 10 minutes or so. Thank you. Right. So I'm going to show a film in just a minute of Genesis Trust. But before we do that, um, I'm Hilary. I'm the community manager at Genesis Trust. I've been with Genesis the last seven years. And again, I just want to reiterate to Denise that uh, how wonderful it has been that she has served Genesis for 19 years and uh, she's just retired. So can we have a big round of applause? And in fact, she's, she keeps on giving because she helped me yesterday at Holy Trinity at the, the Mission Cafe and she is helping today. So you won't get very far, Denise, from Genesis, I'm afraid. <laughs> so Genesis, um, we're here to provide immediate practical support for people people who are homeless, um, hungry, vulnerable, but also, and this is the key point, to provide long-term, ongoing support to help them to rebuild their lives. It's not about us doing unto people or just you know, help thinking that we are the people that are doing the help. It's the people that we're helping that are helping themselves to make the changes in their lives. And many of you here will have supported Genesis Trust and Bath Food Bank for many, many years. So 33 years ago, as Steve was saying, that Gail Hodges first acted on what she saw in the city. So I thank you for that. So I am going to show the film now. It is behind the scenes. It's showing you what we're up to, our interlinked projects. And please just see what is happening uh, the people that we're helping, there'll be a lot of chatting and eating that you see. And I know that because you know of what you do here with your Fox Hill Photos, that chatting and eating is really, really important. <laughs> 